everyone. Welcome to the Conway Catholic Podcast, a podcast where people get together and talk about random things ranging from life in college to our nerdy interest to the Catholic Church and everything in between. Tangents, ahoy. So I am Casey Miller. I am your campus minister and your host. And I am so excited for this week's podcast. Our guest is one of my favorite people. And rather than me trying to bumble through an intro and ultimately forget some cool thing they did, I will let them introduce themselves. Sounds good. Yeah, my name is Father Joe Friend. I've only been a priest for about a month and a half. So still very fresh at this thing, making a lot of mistakes. Uh, but it's a, it's a joyous life. I've, I've loved every second of it so far. So what has been some of the surprises about being a priest for about a month? The the biggest surprises, I think, uh, for me has to start at the Mass. You know, okay. at, at the Eucharistic prayer, um, it, there's been times where it's even hard, it's hard to fathom the fact that I'm standing in that place. And, you know, it's a good question. <laughs> It's a good thing this isn't live. Yeah. Well, it's like one of those things, like when yeah. I first became a campus minister, like I had this idea of what it was like when I was a student mm-hmm. at a very different college in a very different part of the country. Mm-hmm. And then I showed up at U of A in Fayetteville and it was a very different culture. And so there was some surprises, but also some like comforts in that like campus ministry is campus ministry wherever you are. Right. And so there were some surprises that way, as well as like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let's just wing it. Yeah. And so yeah. I would imagine there would be some similar things with being a priest. Right. Yeah. And and it's, it's surprising the the places that Christ puts you in mm-hmm. sometimes. And, you know, I've seen that in confession, you know, or in things where people are bringing to you very vulnerable things in their life. And, and you realize the Lord God is entrusting you in that moment yeah. to trust in the Holy Spirit and to be there. And that can be a challenging because I'm broken. You know, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but relying on his grace has been the biggest thing in that, you know, and I'm sure you've had to do that in ministry and likewise as a priest. And, uh, you know, he really does come through and, and guys will say all the time, priests will say, you know, you just have to be faithful and show up because, because it really is, we are instruments for him. Mm-hmm. And so if we can let him work and, and keep our ego at the side, you know, I think that's the recipe for success in the priesthood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you grew up kind of in Arkansas, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, born and raised in Little Rock. Um, so kind of, I'm not from here, and mm-hmm. I'm sure some of our students aren't either. So like, if you had to like sum up your life growing up in like Arkansas, what were some of the like cool things that you think could only happen in growing up in Arkansas? Well, the big thing is uh, we all say woo pig suey, you know? <laughs> We're all Razorback fans. We're very pumped because we finally got an SEC win. Yeah, that made, yeah, that made news. <laughs> We, uh, yeah, we had 20 losses in a row. So that was a big, big W for us in Arkansas. Uh, but yeah, the, you know, we're all Arkansas fans, Razorback fans. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a big part of our culture. Um, but other than that, my, my childhood was, was pretty normal. You know, I didn't have, you know, I didn't grow up in a rural town or big farming thing. Like most of the times when you think of Arkansas, you think mm-hmm. of rural area. But growing up, born, being born and raised in Little Rock, I think I had a pretty, you know, mainstream you know, boring life. <laughs> it was, it was good. But, um, yeah, so, so I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, so, um, before we kind of tackle how you became a priest and your process mm-hmm. and your story and all that, like, 
Um, what were some of the things that you kind of were into growing up that kind of yeah. helped you just become who you are as a person? Right. Well, I, I loved playing sports growing up. I, I was the classic kid who who just wanted whatever season was in play. That's what I was doing. So, you know, in the fall, I had a, a football in my hands, uh, throwing the pigskin around. Uh, after that, it was immediately into basketball. After that, baseball. And so I, I grew up playing those three. Uh, loved every second of it. Uh, I ended up playing football uh, for a little bit in high school and mainly baseball. And, uh, you know, I, what I love about baseball is some of my closest friends to this day were from the dugout. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you when you're boys, you know, growing up, that time in the dugout you spend together, you're always finding a way to mess around. <laughs> and so those are some of my closest friends to this day. And, and we, we chat all the time. We have a lot of great memories, you know, traveling around. One of my favorite memories from baseball was we when we traveled around, we'd had to stay in these hotels. And we were about 12 or 13, and we decided it would be a great idea to get in an ice war. <laughs> so we went to all the different levels of the hotel and filled these buckets up with ice. And some guys were in charge of defending the pool, and the rest <laughs> of us were going to be throwing ice out of our windows at the, at the kids who were at the pool. <laughs> So we're chunking ice at each other and they're smacking windows, you know, with these ice cubes. <laughs> and our parents were very angry when they found out we were being kicked out of the hotel for our misbehavior. So oh my goodness. <laughs> that, that was a defining moment uh, for the for the baseball crew. And uh, we, we all laugh about this story to this day. But yes, we, we as as 12, we were 12 or 13, but we successfully got kicked out of a hotel. You know, pre-alcohol days. That's pretty impressive. I mean, you know? that is yeah. very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so... So yeah, that was a um, big part of my childhood, and uh, of course my my family. Mm-hmm. I, I loved, gosh, I had the greatest family. My my dad and mom loved us, and uh, my my brother and sister. One of the things I love most is we're we're friends more than mm-hmm. we are siblings, you know. And, and so we when we three get together, we're always dying laughing and goofing off. And so uh, sports, sports, and my family. Uh, define me, you know, yeah. uh, like uh, as the things I like to do, you know, outside of uh, our relationship with my Lord. Yeah. And definitely siblings are great in that you kind of revert back to oh, being yeah. a teenager when you're around <laughs> oh, your siblings. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'm really close with one of my sisters and hilarity always ensues when we kind of get together mm-hmm. um, because you revert <laughs> back and it's a great like, not break from being an adult because you're still an adult, but it's nice like recharge i guess absolutely um so what was your kind of journey through deciding to become a priest yeah well as i mentioned my family you know one of the benefits of um we got a siren going on outside. Yeah, that'll probably be picked up for <laughs> okay. the podcast, but it's live yeah, on everything the college campus. Everything is fine here. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Wednesday at noon right. uh, testing of the emergency okay. sirens. Okay, so we're not being arrested. <laughs> no. That's good. So as I mentioned, my family, you know, I, I was able to witness a beautiful vocation. Hmm. You know, my my mom and dad, uh, they loved each other. <laughs> they, they, lo- they loved us. They gave themselves completely to us. And um, I always say my dad taught me uh, who the Lord was, you know, mm-hmm. who, who, who a father, a loving father was. And, and my mom taught me how to love him. You know, the, she was able to go in those nonverbal ways where she knew exactly how I was feeling. She mm-hmm. knew when I was down to leave, you know, she used to leave notes on my pillow at night when, when no words could console me, but 
just like at the peace and quiet of my, my night when I was struggling with something, I would just read this note and she was, she was there. So um, I think the way I was able to see love in their relationship uh, was one of the first things. I, I could have confidence that love was possible. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful to them for that. Um, you know, another thing is um, as a little kid, I don't know why, um, but it was always my prayer to be one of the Lord's servants. Mm. And I remember one time I was I was four years old and my uncle is a priest and we were at his 10 year anniversary and um, he he picked my he I was, he was holding my hand and I looked up at him and I just said, one day I'm going to be like you. you know, one day I'm going to I'm going to be a priest, too. And so that was, you know, when I was like four. <laughs> and then later, I remember being in my bed uh, throughout my childhood and before I'd go to sleep, I, I just remember saying, Lord, I want to be your servant. And that, it's just been a strange thing, but I think it's just who, what I'm created for, you know? And so had to do it. And so uh, when I talk about my parents and their support, uh, I not only saw the vocation in, in its action, but also the completion of that vocation. Uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer when I was uh, 17. And so going into my senior year of high school mm -hmm. and I remember, you know, that, that time period, she was only given two months to live uh, with her diagnosis and, you know, she ended up almost living for two years. <laughs> and so those two years, I remember the way my dad served her, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the way that their love went beyond romantic or the way that their love went beyond traditionally what you see. Uh, I saw him completely pour himself out to her and her to him as well. Mm. And, and you know, I, my dad, when, when my mom died, we were all by her bedside. And I remember it was the most beautiful line I could have heard. And my dad held my mom's uh, head. He was holding her head up. And uh, she opened her eyes right before she died. And she was looking up and my dad said, Betty, go to heaven. Mm. You know, Betty, go to heaven. And what what a humble response for a husband, you know, to realize that his wife uh, was now the Lord's, you know, and it was the end of of their vocation in a sense, you know, that we we you know pe people are married until death do them part, and their goal is to spend each and every day to get their spouse to heaven, mm -hmm. and I was able to witness that, you know, and and so it, it was just a beautiful thing, and so that confidence in what love is that confidence and that love is possible in this world. I think uh, it created my heart to love in an inclusive way in the priesthood mm -hmm. to where now the family is everyone I see, yeah. <laughs> you know, the family is everyone I get to encounter in my different ministries. And so I just get to wake up every day and get after it. And so, yeah, those are some of the highlights. Yeah. And that's a def uh, definitely something that I think is needed in, in that um, beautiful example of love is so many people love is transactional. Like all mm -hmm. of you, if you love me, right. I'll treat you right. If you treat me right. Right. And so having these examples of, I love you no matter what, like mm -hmm. I love you because you're you, you're you, you're here. <laughs> um, and I expect nothing in return. I think that is a, uh, very neat and very beautiful thing to be able to witness and to see it, um, in a form of people either through the priesthood or through religious mm -hmm. life who, sacrifice kind of what is expected right. in order to be that love for other people is a very beautiful thing to have in the world and be able to have as part of our ministry here is um, 
this is the first time we've had uh, chaplains be assigned to campus ministry. And so um, I think having your presence here and, and Father Jack as well is another form of showing that love Yeah. Um, as a contrast to kind of maybe what they see in campus or, you know, in our homes. Some of us, like myself, don't come from um, a very great home life. I come from a broken home. And so seeing examples of that um, for me growing up was very helpful. Right. And so I can't imagine the impact that you're having um, on the students, even in this short couple of, right. of weeks you've been here. Yeah, these weird COVID months. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's a little standoffish because of physical distancing, <laughs> but the <laughs> fact that like, yeah, I hear. you know, you're still accessible, you're still here. Uh, Father Jack, you know, drives down and, and tries to do homilies interacting with people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we just kind of look at him blank based for a minute. Mm -hmm. We're still getting used to right um, it, the feel to yeah. you guys. So yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> he wants the responses. <laughs> he does, and it's so funny. Uh, I kind of have a different perspective being in the sound booth, and so back there because I grew up Protestant. I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah, and I'm responding. <laughs> yeah. and no one else is responding, and it always makes me laugh. Yeah, um, yeah. But it is it is making a difference, mm -hmm. um, even if it's not as noticeable because of distancing and doing things online. Um, it is making an impact. And I awesome. think um, as a minister, sometimes that's hard to see yourself. And so um, being able to, to talk about it, I think is a great thing. Cool. So I know as a single person in ministry, sometimes it is a very, I won't say isolating yeah. because it's not being forced, but there's certain things that like I have to do because I'm a single person. Like um, I live alone and I have to be very mindful of um, like even where I aim my camera when I'm doing oh, yeah. video calls with people, which everyone should be doing even in the business world. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, those compilations of like people with their significant, their husbands and wives walking behind them during <laughs> video calls. Yeah, their kids come out. Hilarious. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I know there's things that I have to be very intentional to keep myself connected to a community. Mm -hmm. um, so I imagine it's the same, if not more important Right. Um, as a priest to stay connected to a community. Yeah. Um, so like, how do you stay connected? And also like, what avenues, like, what things make you excited just to like, yeah, do? That's a great, this is an awesome question. I love talking about this too, <laughs> because I think it is, it's an excellent question. And it, I get it all the time, mm -hmm. you know, well, how can a priest be happy? He's alone. He He's, you know, is, um, takes this promise of celibacy. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I get the question all the time. Uh, one of the first things that's really cool that people might not know, and it's really kind of new, mm -hmm. is uh, the, in the seminary, they're encouraging us to do priest support groups. Okay. And so we see in the past, um, you know, priests, that they can get isolated, and then mm -hmm. we see problems come out of that. You know, you can end up finding... Um, you know, being consoled in the bottle, you know, mm -hmm. or, or doing things like that, getting in trouble. And so I actually did this past Monday, finished my first support group. So I'm a month in the priesthood and we, we get together and we try and, you know, we'll meet at a rectory or this last time we all met at a lake house mm -hmm. and we each shared graces and difficulties in ministry. Mm -hmm. And we just shared a night together. We ate dinner, uh, made a campfire, got out on the lake and hiked a mountain. And so it was just really awesome to be able to to be able to talk about those really intimate things that you might be struggling with that might not be appropriate to talk with your people because, 
you know, you don't want the people to be thinking, oh, my priest is sad or he's not fulfilled. You know, right. you just have an appropriate avenue there. And so we had a great time. And um, so I'm, I'm coming off a high on that, really. Yeah. You know, just uh, uh, really great guys. Father Keith Higginbotham, Father Jody Obergozo, and Father John Miskin were there. So okay. some of the, you know, people listening might know those names. Yeah. I think Father Stephen Elser and Father Martin Seawald are going to join us next time. Nice. So it, it was a great time. And there's different uh, groups throughout. Uh, another thing is as a priest to stay connected uh, with your people to get involved in their lives, it's just about showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, I've heard it said before, 99% of life is showing up. Yep. And one of you asked me earlier, one of the biggest surprises of the priesthood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to tie that back in here. One of the biggest surprises is how my gifts and just the things that make me feel alive uh, naturally have come up in ministry. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm uh, helping coach softball. <laughs> so I'm, I'm out there with the girls that aren't playing basketball right now. We're doing some off season work mm-hmm. and we're having a great time and messing with them. And I'm uh, also a third grade boys basketball coach. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, we get after it. <laughs> and so please pray for them. <laughs> they're learning the sport, Oh, bless but them. they're, they're awesome guys. I, I love um, getting on their turf, you know, mm-hmm. And, and so I love, you know, Father Harris and I, we, we get all the kids' schedules. Mm-hmm. And so we have some that are, are pianists, some that uh, are singers, some that are play sports. And we have their schedules and their different events. And we like to show up, you know. Mm-hmm. This is our family. And so just to be there uh, and involved with their lives, it allows them to see that you are a father. Mm-hmm. You know, that you are there for them. It's not just the guy up there talking at Mass. Um, we want to... I mean, the incarnation was real. Mm-hmm. You know, Christ wanted to be a part of us. And so that's been really fun to see how, to be surprised in ministry, how all that that's come up. You know, I, one of the things I do to stay in shape is run. I love, mm-hmm. to, love to run. And so I help the cross country team some. I'll get out there and, you know, try and smoke them or, <laughs> you know, I'll try and keep up with the fast ones. But <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. We get out there at like six in the morning. So when I have the later mass schedule, I can do it. And it's pitch black right now. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I ran this year, uh, I was running with this guy, Pete. Pete is a freshman there. He's a really good runner. And so I was right on his heels <laughs> and it's pitch black. And so we started elevating a little bit and I didn't know we were elevating. And so I just went full face first, oh, like no. a baseball slide <laughs> and, and ate it. And then got back up and Pete has this really deep voice. And he goes, you're right, Father Joe. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, Pete, keep running. We're good. <laughs> so it's, it's been fun just being able to do all those things as well. Uh, so I, I think a priest, you know, I've said it before, you know, being alone is different than being lonely. Absolutely. And so finding a ways to offer yourself uh, so that you can have these joyous moments so that when you are alone, you know, that's the time to recharge mm-hmm. so that, you you know, you're going to get back after it the next day. And um you know, learn learn how to be alone. Learn how to be quiet and and develop a good prayer life. That's equally as important, if not, but that is the source, so that you can be offer your who you truly yeah, are absolutely. to the people. Yeah. I definitely think balance is super important. Um, because there were times early in my ministry where I was like ministry hundred percent time, like right. did nothing else, and mm-hmm. it um became very um. I wouldn't say unhealthy, but it came very out of balance to where um, I wasn't being 
I didn't have the avenues to be fulfilled in all the ways that I am a person right. um, and that there was no other time for anything else. And I think it's very important to have that balance because it makes you whole as a person. It makes you interesting too. Right. No one wants to talk to someone who only talks about work. Right. Um, right. And the more um, I found that I can share things that I'm excited about, it makes people feel more comfortable to share what they're excited about. Because they know that like, oh, she's, she isn't just ministering Jesus all the time. Like she's a regular person. Um, and I get the, you do that? Like ministers do that sort of thing. Um, and so um, what, uh, what are some of the like, not like things people don't know about you? Because okay. obviously we also oh, yeah, need yeah. a private life as well, yeah. but like. What are some things that like maybe people don't know that you have an interest in or maybe that like you get super nerdy about Okay. Um, that people don't know? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, first, I'd like to affirm, I think that was a beautiful thing you said about balance mm -hmm. and not just being what you do, mm -hmm. because I think that's important about how the Lord sees us. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's a tempting thing as a priest to always want to be doing. And, uh, you know, my buddy, Father John, challenged me on that. He said, you know, you we're a priest when we're just walking around mm -hmm. or when we're resting. And so finding to be living in how God sees you as a son or daughter of God, not just what you do, mm -hmm. but who you are, you know? And so that's been, that's, a, I really like how you, how you've talked about balance there. Uh, so some of the nerdy things though, <laughs> that, that I get into, um, let's see, you know, one of the things um, that I, I love to do is kind of my release is, is exercise, mm -hmm. you know, so I like to work out a lot. Uh, we, we have a, a gym out right beside the basketball court at our high school. And so I'll get up early in the morning or, or go late at night and just kind of, you know, grind it out. I'll blast some, you know, rock music yeah. I, I used to listen to. <laughs> and, uh, oh my gosh, I love nineties and two thousands rock. Yep. <laughs> but my favorite band of all time is Led Zeppelin. Nice. So when I was in six, the nerd Led Zeppelin, I absolutely nerd out about. <laughs> I, I've I've yet to meet someone that can out talk me about Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And so, my uncle, when I was in sixth grade, he was a big Led Zeppelin fan. You know, he grew up in the seventies, and so he loves them. So he in sixth grade, he gave me the complete box set of every Led Zeppelin CD. Oh my god. Oh yeah. And so I used to love it, and I I would go to school. And, and talk about them, you know, people talk about their favorite band, you know, in sixth grade, we, you know, who knows who, who was big back then. I can't, can't remember some big names. What uh, year was it? Oh, six. So oh, like oh, five, oh, six era, uh, like early 2000s. So who was I big think, back like then? Lincoln Park was Lincoln big. Park. Yeah. Lincoln Park this was big. Like Britney Spears. Yep. This Britney is like Spears. college for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, Britney Spears was big back then. Uh, let's see. Golly, why am I blanking so bad? Because it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a good music era. Yeah, because we were we. That was the time of the one hit wonders, mm. you know. And so people loved blasting those, you know, famous songs that would come out. But I think like Soldier Boy came out back yeah. then, you know, and everyone loved the doing the dance. Anyways, <laughs> while all that was going on, I was you know saying the song remains the same, and I was talking about Led Zeppelin. Yep. So I'll, I'll nerd out about them. Uh, John Paul Jones, I'll say, is the best bassist of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Plant, greatest rock vocalist. Jimmy Page, the best guitarist. 
John Bonham, Bonzo, the best drummer of all time. Oh, absolutely. And so so I I get after it. And so I love working out and listening to those guys or uh, when I'm in the car, just rolling the windows down. Mm -hmm. And I I love getting uh, nerdy into music. And so those guys were, were, to me, in my opinion, the birth of rock and roll. A lot of people say the Beatles. Uh, I've I've heard it from a monk at Minard. He was a big music fan. Mm-hmm. And he said, he, he put it really beautifully. He said, the beautiful, or uh, the Beatles set the bookends for what is rock and roll. Mm-hmm. But Led Zeppelin majored and, and took blues rock into a whole new level. Absolutely. Like they specialized and, and blew up. And so I'll at least take that. But so Led Zeppelin specialized in the coolest type of rock. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I listened to, it's half and days, but I totally was listening to When the Levee Breaks. Oh, yeah. Pulling up to the CCM house this morning. Really? Yeah. No way. I don't know much about them. I just know it's really good. And I tend to listen to their stuff. You can't help. You you can't help but feel like a superhero when when the levee breaks playing. Yep. You know, your window's down, you're cruising. It, it's just an awesome drive. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That is no. So you listen to it this morning? Yeah. No way. That's crazy. Okay. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, I love them. I, I, and what's awesome about Led Zeppelin is the way they intermingle and play. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's one verse three or two verse two. And, um, you know, John Bonham, he would play on different um what are they called? Measures mm-hmm. to where he would plan different measures to where it match up every few measures with the other guys. And so that's what created the dynamics in their song. So mm-hmm. that kept a, a drive. Cashmere is a really famous example oh, that's of that. An amazing yeah. song. So Cashmere, he's playing on like three, four time, and the other guys are playing on four, four time. Mm-hmm. And so they're not matching up until every fourth measure or something like that. And so it creates that drive when Cashmere, and that's why it's a pump up song. Mm-hmm. You know, people love listening to it. So, anyways, if you can't tell, I'm a Led Zeppelin nerd <laughs> after that. <laughs> I think that might have given it away. But I, I've seen the only, the closest thing I saw to them, because they were after my time, or before my time, I saw Robert Plant and the Band of Joy. My Aunt Marie, she took me there when I was in, I think, like, seventh or eighth grade. And so Robert Plant had this band after Led Zeppelin, and they played a few Led Zeppelin songs at the concert, so mm-hmm. I, was, I was pumped up. And so, yeah, I love nerding out about them. Um, but yeah, so that's probably something people don't know about me. I nerd out about the hogs too. I embarrassingly could list about every famous Razorback in basketball and football. So that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> would, I, I can talk about them for days. They heart, they break my heart too. I don't mm. know what it is. I don't know how I can love a team so much that has hurt me so bad. Yeah, <laughs> but they're 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 awesome. I love watching the hogs. So I'll say those are two two nerdy pieces about me. Yeah. Um, and this is an audio podcast and like no one saw how much like you were grinning ear to ear and like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> laughing about it. Um, yeah. And that's I mean, that's part of why I wanted it. The idea of a podcast got tossed around is because people would come in my office and we get on random tangents about that. <laughs> I think one day uh, Malachi came in my office and we talked about whether monarchy was a superior form of government for four hours and everyone who came into my office got sucked into the conversation. And I was just type, like I was doing busy work when they showed up and just kind of got sucked into the conversation. Um, And that's a lot of things I think people don't see um, because we're busy doing all the stuff that we normally do or um, 
you know, maybe feel like, oh, I can't, you know, people won't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, music can definitely like be a whole separate podcast. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I could talk about it for. Yeah. I have a weird thing that I, if I hear lyrics, like it sticks in my head. I can't okay. sing to save my life. Okay. Can't play an instrument, but I can remember lyrics. Um, and they pop in my head all day long. I just have a weird thing about cool. lyrics. Um, so music definitely can be a whole separate podcast. Um, so kind of to, I guess, kind of wrap up, like you're kind of at the complete hard left. Um, <laughs> like you're kind of at the beginning of kind of this, you know, phase of your life. Like what are some things um, that you're kind of looking forward to doing as a priest or like um, what are some of the things that like it would be really awesome if I could do this as a priest or as a person or kind of at the beginning of like this next because you're finally done with school. Mm -hmm. So like some of our college students who are starting, you know, their first teaching job right now, or, you know, they're kind of starting that next phase of their life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's an interesting question, especially for being a priest. Mm -hmm. Um, First and foremost, like I said, I get to wake up every morning, even now, you know, this isn't something I have to wait for. Yeah. I get to wake up each and every morning uh, knowing that I'll celebrate the source and summit of our faith, and that's awesome, <laughs> but also diving into the people's lives. And so what's amazing about the priesthood is it's so present. You know, it's not it's not necessarily a career in the sense that you look, okay, in five years I hope to be here or here. It's the priesthood is the, the incarnation in a way. I mean, it's mm-hmm. Christ wanting to be present constantly with his people. And so the highlight is here now. Mm-hmm. And that's what's kind of interesting. Uh, and I hope to maintain that mentality because obviously we can get, um, you know, out of whack sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, my, my greatest hope in the priesthood is if, you know, the Lord can reach his people through me, you mm-hmm. know, just to be a bridge and get, get people closer to him. That's what I want to live for. Um, in regard to, you know, some of those highlights, I think different ministries are cool. So mm-hmm. how I can be present in different places I know Father Jack Harris, um, he's he's was big into prison ministry, mm-hmm. still is. And I think that would be a cool type of ministry. You know, and we hear in, in the gospel the Lord saying, visit, you know, the prisoner. And, mm-hmm. You know, these corporal works of mercy, um, you know, it'd be cool to get back to that, you know, to really know what it means to visit the sick, to visit the imprisoned. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be something cool in the future to to look at. But in the grand scheme of things, I, I hope to just be a faithful priest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that what what is so freeing about this lifestyle is I can work on that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have to wait till I get a specific title or a parish or something like that. There are people in my life right now. I get to enjoy their highest highs with them, their lowest lows with them. And so I just want to be faithful, faithful priest. And that would be the highlight, you know. Yeah. Um. So any kind of last thoughts or anything you want to toss out to whoever is listening yeah. to this? Well, I, I guess just one more plug. If if y'all ever want to talk, if you want to come here Wednesday from 11 to 4 or 5 here, if uh, you want to reach out to Casey and get my number more than available to talk, um, I, I just, like I said, I just want to be here for you guys. You know, I know how much the Lord loves uh, you, especially you know, everyone listening and, and anyone, um, well, we all have a relationship with them, (laughs) 
but I, I know the, how much the Lord wants to be connected to you. So uh, that's what I'm here for. And that's, that's why I'm a priest. And so uh, I would just encourage y'all uh, take advantage of it. You know, feel free to talk. I know college is a tough time, um, but you have people who love you and are here for you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being our first ever guest on no our problem. podcast. And no problem. Also listen to Led Zeppelin. All yes. Right, there you go. Hey, that's my plug. Yeah. Okay. Had to get um, that plug in there. <laughs> if you want to know more classic rock songs, <laughs> now I'm just like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> plug a sister podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but we'll definitely, you know, look forward to having you on in the future. So thanks a lot. All right. See you later. Bye everybody.